Hey there, listeners. Power Through the Fourth Whistle Roller Derby Podcast now has a Patreon page. That's right. A lot of you have asked me how can I better support what we're trying to do here with the podcast and with the page and the community. And this is how. I have some goals. For example, we want to transcribe all the past episodes of the podcast and episodes going forward to better reach those that are hearing impaired and honestly people who just like to read too. We'd like to host them on our own website. We'd like to have a little bit more help with traveling when we come around to see people. And all of that you can help with, with just a, a small monthly donation to our cause. So please check us out at patreon.com slash power fourth whistle. Patreon is P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. And power fourth whistle is like I always spell it. Give us a search and thank you so much, everyone. For your support. Pew pew! It's derby time. Come on, tell your friends. We'll go to many distant lands. With Dan the coach and Jackie the skater, the fun will never end. It's derby time. Welcome to the Power Through the Fourth Whistle Roller Derby Podcast. This is Jackie Bauer. Thank you for joining me today on the path to becoming better athletes, teammates, leaders, and human beings. Hey there, everybody. Today's episode is about becoming a well-rounded player, a versatile player, a triple threat player, a player who can do all of the things. This was a topic originally suggested to me by a listener. I looked everywhere on my email and my Facebook and my Instagram and whatnot, trying to find the original message, and I couldn't find it. I'm so sorry, listener. I hope you'll send me a message to say like, hey, I heard you, you know, because because this one's for you. Uh, the gist of the message at the time had been something along the lines of how do I get more of my teammates to become a little bit more well-rounded? Some of them are kind of stubborn and don't want to try different positions and drills, even though I know it'll help them. It wasn't meant to be judgy or anything like that. It was just one of those things where it's like, hey, I, I, I know it's good for them to eat broccoli and they're not eating broccoli. How can I get them to eat broccoli? That sort of thing. That's the comparison we're going to make it to, you know, today. So we're going to go over why you should become a well-rounded player. What's the argument for that? We're going to come over, we'll go over how you become a well-rounded player, the lessons to take away from some of the stories here, and does everyone need to become a triple threat? Really? Those are the areas we're going over today. Okay, so first, why should you become a well-rounded player? Why should you learn how to jam and block? First, I'll share my history a little bit so I can explain where I'm coming from because the first reason is mindset. I started out in Derby as a jammer on my league in Indiana on their B team. It was a pretty easy place to put me because I had some skating skills already as a rookie. I could do crossovers, I had speed. 
And as long as I could avoid contact, I did just fine. However, I really didn't have much of a desire to hit people. I wasn't very aggressive and my mental toughness was pretty weak. I could get in my own head and beat myself up before anyone else touched me. I remember so many scrimmage practices where I'd just be kept at the back of the pack by a couple determined blockers for two minutes, you know, like the really good people on my A team. I just came off better in drills than scrimmage because somehow when it was put all together, I started literally like counting each time I did or didn't get lead and points and I was comparing myself with everyone when there are so many factors that go into those stats, but I put it all on myself. We've talked about some of these things in episodes like imposter syndrome and perfectionism and fixed mindset, growth mindset. So you can go back and listen for a little bit more on those. But the point is in this story, I think coaching didn't really know what to do with me or how to get me to the next level in jamming at that time. They didn't know what the struggle was going on in my head, but what they did notice was that I was actually a really good positional blocker in drills. And I could use my speed as a jammer and my agility to catch people. And while I was blocking, I wasn't in my head because I was part of a group trying to achieve a goal, not as isolated. I wasn't as hard on myself because there wasn't that single point of failure anymore where I felt like I things were good or bad. Things were, there was lots of gray area. There was good and bad. Every jam, right? Because that's what the sport actually is. So I became really good at blocking and they had me as a blocker and eventually as a blocker, I was put on the A team. And during my last season in Indiana, I asked for the chance to be used as a relief jammer sometimes. I understood maybe I wasn't good enough to be part of the regular rotation, but I wanted that chance to play the position again because I knew now I had more confidence in myself as a player. And I really just wanted to find out if I could play well at that level. I wanted to know if I could hang, you know, had I grown up enough, could I do it? I played as a pivot most often, and I took star passes to prove myself. And I was given some opportunities and I didn't do too shabby. So that was a story of my early career, but I cannot tell you how many times over the years I've been playing derby for a really long time that teammates I have played with have switched roles. It has often been a lot like how my experience was. A jammer will maybe lose confidence in themselves, find themselves being less effective. They don't know what to do. They still want to play, but they need to get the pressure off because every time they go out there and don't succeed, it's just weighing on them more and more. And that's when they somehow find their inner blocker. And some of them stay there and never come back, just love their blocking life from then on. They love the the less pressure. They love the, the teamwork aspect, all those things that make blocking so much fun. But others use it as a learning experience and eventually come back to jamming with a clear head, more confidence, more understanding, and, and stronger than ever from their vacation from the rotation like I did, you know, blocker summer camp, if you will. And I've, I've seen... I've seen it go both ways over the years. So it's been, it's just been a fun journey. So number one reason to become a well-rounded player was mindset. Number two is identification. It goes a lot with number one. Basically, you thought you were a jammer, but actually you're an amazing blocker or vice versa. 
let's think about Blackman on Denver Roller Derby. Blackman start was a jammer, a really great jammer. But my goodness, you can't argue now that Blackman isn't an amazing blocker, maybe better blocker than a jammer. Uh, the inverse of that, how about Kid Block? Kid Block, great blocker, but now jamming for Tiger Bay and doing an excellent job. Some players just kind of find their inner superhero. You get to unlock superpowers you didn't know you had because you never gave the other position a try. You might find out you really love it. And it is like refusing to eat a food you you think you never liked, but you didn't give it a chance. Or maybe a movie or a TV show you just never thought you'd like, thought it sounded stupid. For example, I found out I liked wrestling, but I kind of put that off for a long time and uh, that kind of comes and goes with how good wrestling is. <laughs> the number three reason, an argument for why to become a well-rounded player, knowledge of the game of roller derby. Every time I've served one position on a team for a long time and then switched to the other, I am amazed at how much progress I've made as a player in the way I move, in the way I understand the game and see the bigger picture. I can read offense and defense so much better from being on both sides. I communicate so much better from being on both sides. I provide good communication and offense for my jammer when I block because I jam so often. I know what they want. I know what they want to see when they're coming through. I'm, I am an advocate for jammers in the blocker pool. <laughs> and then I have a better understanding of what causes penalties and how to draw penalties strategies mid-jam and off the line become a lot more clear and I get more ideas of my own and identify what other teams are doing in footage more easily because I recognize the actions of the moving pieces quicker. Number four reason why you might want to become a more well-rounded player is how about playing time? Being versatile means more playing time easily. If you are valuable in either role, you are more likely to be out there on the track making plays. You may often be wearing the pivot stripe so that you can play both roles at the same time at a moment's notice. But chances are, if you can be good at both, then whatever the team needs, whatever we need to do against this opponent we're playing this week, there's going to be a place for you. We can find a place for you if you can do anything out there, right? And the number five reason to become a well-rounded player is to avoid plateaus. Plateaus suck, right? <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if we could just keep going up and up and up all the time? Like It feels like that in the beginning of your derby career, but everyone flatlines at some point and feels like they're just the same and they're not getting ahead. And one way to get through that is by trying new things and maybe playing the position you don't normally play in practice to see what happens. There was a couple of years where I only jammed in games. And during that time, I kind of shrugged off playing blocker position in drills or in scrimmage because, hey, we're shorthanded for jammers. I'm, I'm going to be needed to jam. So that's what I'm going to practice. I'm not going to practice the thing I'm not going to do. This is what I need to be good at right now. If you need me to do this, I'll do it, but otherwise I'm going to practice the role I'm playing. And during those two years, I had a chest injury, so I was less aggressive. I did less hitting because it was painful to my body. I did a lot of cardio and not a lot of strength training. So I had great endurance, but not as much power. 
it was harder to make my own holes. So yeah, I, I became better at jamming, but there were certain things about blocking that had made me really strong. And since I wasn't doing it, I wasn't as good at jamming. <laughs> and that's where training came in. I, I had to I had to counteract that. I had to do a lot more with weights and become more balanced again physically to deal with all the impact of a contact sport. So my body healed, became stronger. And now I'm still a jammer, but I'm used to block when necessary. There was a game we had a three jammer rotation last year and I was pulled from the rotation. It went down to two because we had a blocker foul out and we needed another strong blocker out there. I was able to do that because I was well-rounded, and I got to be a part of helping us get within two points of winning that game. There had been games this season where maybe I blocked the first 20 minutes, and then uh, the last 10 minutes of the first half, they'd switch me to jamming, see if they could throw off the other team. And my team just wouldn't have options like this if I didn't work on both things, if I wasn't ready to do whatever was necessary. Let's take a quick break. And then I'm going to tell you about how you can work on becoming a more well-rounded player. This episode is brought to you by Bout Betty's, the only roller derby subscription service in the world. They offer a range of levels, so you're sure to find one that fits in your budget. The full packs and apparel-only pack options include custom apparel they design themselves or collaborating with derby skater artists to feature their artwork. There's so many fun colors and patterns in size small through 3X. The Bout Betty's full packs also include skate gear, accessories, and stickers. Yes, stickers. If you're one of those cool jean vest wearing types, you'll want to check out the Derby Flare Club option, which includes a mix of enamel pins, patches, stickers, and buttons made from the artwork of Derby artists. And the Classic Pack has non-custom apparel, gear items, accessories, stickers, and healthy snacks. How thoughtful. As for me, I super love the apparel. You may have noticed how often I wear it when I make videos for our Facebook page. The leggings, shorts, and sports bras are just amazing. Okay, the material is ridiculously silky smooth and soft. The first time I pulled on my Apex Predator leggings, I could not stop touching my legs and asking friends to also touch my legs so they could feel the magic that is this material. And it's so darn cute. There's mermaids, dinosaurs, steampunk, cats. Whether you're hitting the track, skate park, gym, book club, or grocery store, you will turn heads and bring joy to those you meet. Subscribe today using our podcast promo code POWER10 for 10% off your first pack at boutbetties.com. B-O-U-T-B-E-T-T-I-E-S.com. It's like derby Christmas every single month. And yes, they do ship internationally. Once again, that promo code is POWER10 for 10% off your first pack at boutbetties.com. Okay, how do we do this? How do we become a really good triple threat? Number one, it all starts in practice. Practice, practice, practice. Practice multiple roles in drills. Take different helmet covers in scrimmage. Practice is where you learn things. Practice is where you are totally allowed to screw up and learn something from it with no cost to the team. This is where you figure stuff out. You do it in practice. Number two, off skates training is going to be crucial to your success. 
You can't just train one way anymore if you want to be a versatile player. You need cardio and strength to be really good at roller derby. You have to have moments of speed to cover that line, power to make that jump, core strength to avoid being moved when you're exactly where you want to be. And the best way to build this is having both. Like I personally like to do a bit of a boot camp style workout where you can do intervals of cardio and strength using a variety of methods, whether it be dumbbells, kettlebells, slam balls, wall balls, TRX. Uh, there's so many tools out there that can help you work on these things. And you get to work on your power, explosiveness, core, and heart rate training. And number three, to become a well-rounded player, you got to have gumption. You take the initiative. No one is in charge of your roller derby career, really, but you. If you want to train harder, you train harder. You can't ask for chances and then hope, maybe, maybe someone will notice. Maybe someone will give me that chance. Like you, you don't look around and wonder, did anyone notice my spin move? Maybe, just maybe, they'll ask me to jam someday. It, it's like waiting for someone to ask you out. Like, you got to go take the initiative. You, you got to go do it. <laughs> when I moved to Michigan, uh, they asked what position I played, and I said I was a pivot blocker relief jammer, which I was. But I didn't tell them I really wanted to be a primary jammer again. And the team at that time didn't really need another jammer. They had plenty. They needed a knowledgeable blocker in the pack who could lead because the captain was pregnant. I did get to relief jam some that year, but it wasn't. I wasn't doing what I actually wanted to be doing. And it wasn't. Be, it was because I just wasn't assertive enough to tell anybody what I wanted. So, what are the lessons to take away from these stories? Be clear with coaching what your goals are, what position and role you want to play on the team. The lesson I learned from that experience was to tell coaching what I actually wanted to play, but be ready to play where I was needed. It's important to share your ambitions so coaching can know what you want and how to help you, but sometimes you also just have to be patient and do what needs to be done right now, and you can come back to it later. It doesn't mean you have to stop training for both, though. You can always keep training for both. On my next team, I said I really wanted to jam, but I was willing to play wherever I was needed. And for the next couple of years, I was used for both really regularly, just getting switched back and forth between jamming and blocking. It wasn't a steady rotation. It was more like jam, rest, block, rest, start over. Like you were asked, hey, can you jam now? And you'd go jam. It was kind of spread around, but I was pretty happy doing both. I was feeling effective at both. You know, I was adjusting to a new team. I liked getting to use all the skills I'd learned and not have the pressure of, of jamming all the time for a new team, but that switching back and forth during the game can mess with your head. <laughs> the brain switching makes it hard to focus on doing one really well over the course of the game. And eventually, I did earn a primary jamming role when the dynamic of the team changed, and that's where I was needed, and it's pretty much been where I've served ever since on teams I've been on. But... I always got to stay ready for special situations. You got to understand you might serve different positions at different times in your derby career based on your growth or limitations as a player at one point in time or the growth or limitations of the team. So being willing to be flexible on how you serve that role like really helps when it comes into play. 
chances are coaching is going to work with you to make you a better player in that position. It doesn't mean you'll always get to play it in a game, but they do want you to succeed and keep moving forward in your derby career. I remember there was a game where I blocked almost every jam because we had started a new blocking formation and I was one of the best communicators on the team. I had been a primary jammer most of the time, but I blocked that game because we needed it. Um, You know, I, I just, I have to be ready to do what the team needs me to do. And being well-rounded means being in the right place at the right time. Your team might start off with a great plan. It might be like two lines, a jammer rotation of so many people, some relief players waiting to go in. But if your initial game plan isn't working, it might be time to move some pieces around, like I described in these earlier examples. So let's look at this like chess. If you are a bishop, you move diagonally. This is your jammer. If you are a rook, you can move laterally and forwards and backwards. This is your blocker. But there's a player that doesn't have to abide by these rules. And that piece is the queen. The queen can go anywhere she wants. Forward, backward, laterally, diagonally. The queen can go anywhere and everywhere. Do you want to be limited to one role? Or do you want to be a queen? The queen has more responsibility. You can save the game for your team with all your depth and range of motion. But if you get taken or, you know, fouled out, that's a bigger loss to the board. But imagine if there was more than one queen on the board. Your opponent wouldn't know what to do with that. Your opponent might not know how to plan for that with multiple players who can move so much and so well, right? (laughs) Let's take another quick break, and then I will discuss the question, does everyone need to become a triple threat? Want to know how you can support our podcast and look super cool doing it? Visit our store at powerforthwhistle.threadless.com. We have something for everyone, whether you like designs that make you feel powerful, like roller derby strong to cartoon animals on roller skates like cats, elephants, llamas, and more. Our three newest styles include sloth roller derby, naps before laps, I utterly love roller derby, and giver of fox, for all of you out there who give a fox. Our store is full of super soft t-shirts, tank tops, hoodies, accessories, and more. You get to pick the color and style. It's all up to you and you can support this podcast. Visit our store, powerforthwhistle.threadless.com. That's P-O-W-E-R, the number four, T-H-W-H-I-S-T-L-E dot threadless.com. Thank you for your support. Does everybody need to be a triple threat? Does everybody need to be a queen? The answers are yes and no. (laughs) That's not actually an easy answer. But I'm going to tell you why. There are misconceptions about the triple threat player. Just because you can, it doesn't always mean you should. I have heard it said by people I've met over the course of my derby career that everyone should be able to block and everyone should be able to jam. Yes, Everyone should be able to do these things when asked to in practice. 
because there's no reason a blocker can't jump the apex to make a sweet play at the front. There's no reason a jammer can't hit out the other team's jammer. Having all these skills is a good thing. Being able to move better helps you move better, no matter what you are doing. Seeing everything on the track more clearly helps you make smarter plays. It makes you understand what players go through in other positions, mentally, psychologically, emotionally. However, this does not mean all players should have to do both in games. Some people really don't want to jam and should not be forced to in games just because of team spirit or what, or just, you know, trying to demonstrate what the coach thinks a well-rounded team is. It should only be done for the players who can be effective and who want to do it. Because come on, don't you play better when you want to? You can't force this stuff on anyone and you shouldn't. We're all here voluntarily. We're all adults. Coaches aren't parents telling us what to do and that we need to eat our broccoli before we can have pie. There are some teams that have been really good in the past at the versatility. For example, let's look at Texas Roller Girls. There have been so many years where they've had so many people who can jam and block that they would have one jammer rotation to start out the game and some people in the pack. And then the second half, they would have changed their jammer rotation. They might add in some fresh people who didn't play in the first half. They might switch blockers into jam and jammers into block. And that's because they had some players that were really versatile who could do both. And they wanted to give the other team something unexpected, something they hadn't planned for in the second half. Because it's a lot harder to adjust on the fly, right? That team can do it. Did it mean that every single player on Texas was jamming? Heck no. Was every jammer blocking? Heck no. It just means that those players who had evolved enough in their maturity as players and their skills and their strengths to be able to do both well enough for gameplay at that level, they were giving them tries because it was working with the team strategy that they had at hand. So... Y'all can do what you're best at in games, okay? It's perfectly all right. (laughs) So my final message, my message to those of you out there who have only played one position so far in your career or prefer to play one position, I would just ask you try entering drills, playing a position you don't normally play. It's practice, right? It's okay to try things out in practice. This will help you get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Hey, we did a whole episode on that topic. You can find it in the feed. It makes you mentally tougher. It helps you understand the game you are playing from another perspective, just like you would if you took a turn refing for a scrimmage instead of playing. You'd see what they see from the outside of the track. You'd have more patience with what it takes to see and make a call accurately. If you're a jammer that complains your blockers aren't doing offense or they're not doing the offense you like, getting in there and going through what they face on the regular might help you understand how to empathize with them, maybe better explain what it is you want them to do. And it helps you understand how much time they actually have to do things, right? The same with blockers. Sometimes you don't notice what your jammer is going through when they're stuck and why they don't see you opening up a lane for them. 
But, you know, if you take a few turns jamming at practice now and then, you'll see what they see and get some better ideas of what works to your team's strengths. Before I go, I want to say a thank you to Aaron Emmer for your share on Facebook of this week's episode. There were also some other people that shared, but it was done privately, so I can't see. So thank you, mystery sharers. I appreciate you sharing, even though I can't thank you by name. Thank you to the Twitter share from Little Kitty Skittles, who retweeted the episode this week. And Amy Dams for your review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much. It really is the best way for us to get found and heard by more people who need laser beams of positivity. Shot right at them in the face or or maybe near their heart. I'm not sure. Whatever, Wherever you want your laser beams aimed properly so you know it's it's aggressive but it's not too aggressive like um maybe a spot nearby and then you just kind of go into it like a cat finding a sunbeam i don't know i probably need to stop talking now because i'm just rambling we have been talking about derby and sharing derby thoughts pew pew Thank you for listening to another episode of the Power Through the Fourth Whistle Roller Derby Podcast. I really hope those laser beams of positivity will carry through your day. If you'd like to get in touch, you can find us on Facebook or on Instagram and Twitter at Power Fourth Whistle. That's P-O-W-E-R, the number four, T-H-W-H-I-S-T-L-E. You can find fun videos of on and off skates training on our YouTube channel, Facebook page, and Instagram. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast anywhere you can. Leaving reviews on Apple Podcasts is still the best way to help this podcast be found and spread those laser beams of positivity to more humans. Open the app, punch those stars, and leave me a pew pew